Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing today? I am here with Matt and Alan. Matt, you alright? Yeah, good mate. Once again, really excited to be here talking about Scottish rugby. Yeah, really happy to be here. Full of positivity moving into 2017. Yeah, it's been an interesting week in Scottish rugby. Um, lots of sort of rumours of sort of transfers and bits and pieces and obviously a good win for Glasgow Last night, we've got some really good Thistle issues, which are going to cover off all of that. But before we start, just a reminder that you can follow us on the Acast podcast app or on iTunes and also on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. If you're enjoying what we're doing, please do get in touch either on Twitter or get onto iTunes and leave us a review. Just like our good friend JC underscore Aberdeen said this week, he called us the new voices of Scottish rugby, saying... Reminiscent of the tactical nouse of Frank Haddon, Thistle Rugby Pod also leaves its fans begging for more. As pulsating as an Alan Jacobson line break, Thistle is the go-to for all nostalgic and optimistic fans of the Scottish game. What do you reckon to that? That's pretty good. I mean, once again, he does say the new voices of Scottish rugby with a question mark, so he's not quite sure. And also I find with comparisons to Scottish rugby people, like, as good as the tactical nouse of Frank Haddon, is he secretly trolling us? I don't don't know, know, because... And as good as a chunk line break. I mean, where has that ever happened? So Yeah, but you know? to be fair, imagine how excited you would get if Alan Jacobson made a line break. It'd be really good. Yeah, I'm not too sure about the optimistic comment either. I like, <laughs> I like to feel I'm a very pessimistic human being in general. So, And we think that of you as well. Right? So don't, <laughs> don't you worry about that. Um, right, we've got lots to get into. Our three Thistle issues of the week are, number one, who should the SRU break the bank to keep when we come up for these big contract negotiations? Our second one, what do the Scottish teams have to do in Europe next weekend? 
And the third issue, we're going to have a look at Prem 1 and how all the teams and the players are getting on at the halfway point. But okay, but before we get started on our Thistley issues, um, should we have a look back to um, New Year's Eve and the uh, the Italian job, the two two wins for Glasgow and Edinburgh? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think the Edinburgh game was on TV, but I managed to actually watch the whole Glasgow game, which was possibly one of the most frustrating watches yeah. I've, I've had. But um, you're good to get good to get the bonus point win, and great to see Sean Lamont making his first line break <laughs> of the last three years to set up uh, Rory Clegg for the final try. Yeah, I thought it was good to get the, obviously to get the bonus point, and um, Hoggy running out of ten seemed uh, seemed pretty happy. Yeah, he was good. He, he plays quite differently to Russell, I think. Russell does play very flat, and I think Hogg prefers a bit of time on the ball, so um, he was playing a bit deeper. And I think that him and Pergos didn't quite click. I think Pergos actually had a, quite a bad game as a result, but no, you know he can do a job there. He kicked his goals as well, which was pretty impressive. That's something um, yeah, I mean, I think we haven't talked about too much. Yeah. So, no, I think overall it was sort of a 7 out of 10. It was, it was good. Yeah, I think, if, I think if you look at Christmas games like that, if they can get wins away from home... Give the fans who travelled all the way out there uh, a reason to go into the Bells feeling good. I think that's a great result for Glasgow, to be honest. And Edinburgh, they might have eked it out, but you know they lost to Zebra earlier on in the year, so a win away from home is pretty good. Yeah, I think I uh, saw a stat sort of last week that Edinburgh have the worst record against Zebra in the whole of the Ooh. Pro 12. I think it was like sort of low 60%. I mean, I can definitely believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, just to get out there, get the win... Get back to Opal for New Year's um, party. <laughs> straight, 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 straight back in. <laughs> straight back onto George Street where they belong. That's, um, that was good. Um, and um, last night, Glasgow um, doing a pretty decent job against uh, against the Blues at um, Scotston. 29-15 final score with a bonus point. Pretty decent? Yeah, it was good. I think um, in previous years, we would have taken that as a pretty easy win. But Cardiff have actually been a lot more an improved team this this season. And they sort of had likes of Warburton playing. So they had the strongest team out. So um, it's a game Glasgow should expect to win. And they, they did win. So and getting a bonus point as well, um, really good. Uh, Tommy Seymour popping up, playing out of his skin at the moment. Um, top try scorer in the Pro 12. Um, yeah, it looked, it looked really good. Good, solid performance. Yeah, very, very decent. And how was our man Sam Warburton? I heard he was absolutely awful. Yeah, he was absolutely terrible. <laughs> I didn't even realise he was playing until about 50 minutes into the game. The ruck inspector. But to be honest, I think a lot of that was down to Glasgow's pack. I think I saw a stat at halftime that said there was sort of high 70% possession. Oh, that's um, good. So the, the pack was, ab- was absolutely dominating, even though they were only winning 10-7 at halftime. So that kind of shows that in that first half, whilst Glasgow were completely dominating the game, they just were sort of maybe just chucking a few too many offloads when they didn't need to, maybe just not as clinical as hopefully yeah. they probably need to be. I, I actually haven't managed to see the, the whole game. I've just seen the highlights. But you were saying just before we came on that you think they left, what, 20 points on the field? Yeah, I mean, that first half, they could have been, they could have had the bonus point in that first half. And I think um, conditions played a part. Also, Finn Russell in the first half was like, he must have been smoking something pre-game. He was at, <laughs> he was absolutely all over. Like to be fair, he was actually controlling the game quite well. But just a couple of kicks and a couple of offloads that he was just pushing it too much. Yeah. And sometimes in those situations where you know conditions aren't great, you just really just need to control the game and get the phases going. I suppose that is one of the the issues we've had with with Finn, just his consistency. Um, I thought he was the same against Edinburgh. Just didn't really look quite the races, didn't really look sort of that interested in the match. Um, 
but obviously he can turn it on when he's playing against the likes of, of Rassing. So I think he needs to, if he is going to go in the lines, as we've talked about, just sort of develop that consistency a bit more in his, in his game. Yeah, I think it's been good, though. You take two weeks, you take two bonus point wins. There's been some squad rotation. The big guys have all had a little bit of a rest. And we're now sort of, um, we'll come on to it later, obviously, to have a look ahead to the European matches. But I think Glasgow can feel very happy. Ten points in the bag. Um, they're up to fourth. I think they leapfrogged the Scarlets after getting the bonus point last night. So, I mean, all good, I would say. Yeah, very good. Um, also on the agenda this week, um, did you see the stuff from Warren Gatland this week? He sort of put out six, um, what was it, ones to watch. Um, yeah, I didn't quite understand what the per- per- point of it was, but he's come out with a six, so it was... Wynn Jones, um, Furlong, um, Henshaw, Jonathan Joseph, which I thought was quite interesting, Farrell, not a surprise, and Stuart Hogg. So Hoggy was in there, that's good. Yeah, which I mean, it's not a huge surprise. I thought if he's going to go a bit more left field, he could have said someone like Finn Russell or maybe even Johnny Gray, but I think Hogg's probably the one player yeah. we can think of that is definitely, you know, yeah. they don't They don't sound on. to me like sort of bolters that are ones to watch. It sounds to me like people that anyone would put in their touring squad if not sort of starting team I moment. wonder if he, he was asked to do it because the Sky Sports thing maybe he was asked to do it by Sky Sports and he didn't really give them much he was like you know I'm going to pick <laughs> these players yeah. I can't be bothered like putting a, a, a rod or anything I do think though that in comparison to the start of the season Hogg is inc- increasingly becoming more the pick yeah. yeah the pick at 15 I remember at the start of the season when people were picking their lines 15s you'd see Liam Williams Halfpenny Mike Brown and Hogg all kind of put on the same um, like level. Yeah. And now Hogg's definitely kind of throughout the season come out as the front runner for that position. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think he offers um, offers just so much. I mean, he's he's probably the quickest of that group. Maybe Liam Williams probably could um, keep hold of him. He's probably the quickest. He offers, I think, a, probably a different skill level. He can kick those goals. And on a tour, you know, he can offer he can offer a game at mm. ten like he did in um, twenty thirteen if he He's, needs to take some pressure. Yeah. Off. And he ha- he has played at thirteen before for Glasgow, so he is. I'm sure that he could play yeah. international rugby at thirteen as well. So no, I think he is he is nailed on. Um, a few other things as well. I didn't see um, John Welsh's little break. <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. Props gone wild. It was amazing. I loved it. Firstly. That was like an international centre standard break. The line so was reminiscent of Luke McAllister. Yeah. Um, it was absolutely deluxe. He's absolute then, jets. I mean, the chip kick left something to be desired. I, that, I mean, that was uncharted territory. He, he was lost. <laughs> he panicked. And to be fair, the chip techers was quite good. Was he quite got good. a nice little connection on it. He just didn't have the pace I, to go past the fullback. I know that he's really well regarded um, by the Falcons. I was obviously at uni there and sort of keep up with a few people who follow them uh, week to week. Like, He's doing an awful lot, lot down there, right? People like him. It reminded me of a fat 14-year-old Alan Little on the back pictures <laughs> of Emily when I, I dreamed of playing centre. But no, bloody loved it. It was great. It was great. Well, if you haven't seen it, guys, get us on, uh, jump on our Twitter. It's at Thistle Rugby Pod. We tweeted it out. I think it was the pen who um, was recording it off his screen in his front room and put it out there first. And we sort of gave it a bit of a bump. It is absolutely amazing. Great to see the prop. So open up his legs. Actually, that sounds weird, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> okay, John Welsh fan club. <laughs> um, what else was going on? Um, Centre, rapidly becoming the sort of most interesting um, position in the Scotland uh, team. Matt Scott, a brace for Gloucester? Yeah, double. Got a double, Their lovely. absolute demolition of Worcester. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, and then Duncan Taylor on the bench for Saracens. Yeah, so. unused, but a um, couple... I think, all... I think he got on for about 10 minutes. Oh, did he? I think maybe because there was that red card, he came on. It was oh, a reshuffle right, or something. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, Matt Scott, the double, he's now joint top try scorer in the Prem. And Seymour is top try scorer in the Pro 12, which that kind of happened many times. And Love halfway that. through the, those seasons. That, so Matt Scott is the joint top try scorer in the Prem. Again, and, but Christian Wade scored like five in one game, didn't he? That's he scored the thing a couple of hat tricks. He, he's very good at scoring a lot of tries against the weaker teams. So um, interesting. Well, no, Scott's Matt's amazing. Well, and it's it is amazing that he can't even get in the in the Scotland squad. Would you give him a trade for Bennett at the moment? I was thinking that earlier. I, I reckon he'll come in in the Six Nations. What about Duncan Taylor? Would you still? I think he deserves it on his form from last season. I think he's got enough money in the bank. I think he's one of our most important players. I think actually in terms yeah, of definitely. Um, you know he's a winner at Saracens. I just think his sort of He's very influential and he is a very good player on the field as well. So, yeah, I think he's he's in the squad. Yeah, definitely. Does that mean we get to pick Jim Hamilton if he's a winner with Saracens? Influential in the squad. I think it's maybe time to bring back Big Jim. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen a, a, any of the, um, the the match, but I saw a couple of match reports saying that Jim was just putting his body around. He's was, he, was he starting? Yeah, he did. Kelly Brown was starting as well. Oh, so Kelly Brown was starting, yeah. Oh, that's good. So Fair both play. of them getting a bit of no, game time. No, Jim Hamilton, he always comes on and does a really good job just sort of you know, being in the middle of malls and stuff. I heard, he, ta- I heard he taught Mauro Toji everything he knows. Well, yeah, that's, well, that's what I he can, says, I think, at least. I can, <laughs> I can definitely see that. Um, well, that's that. Well, should we get into probably what the biggest news of the week was? Um, everyone's been talking about it in Scottish rugby. Um, and that's obviously the impending sort of contract negotiations and all the gossip since the sort of great performances from, from Glasgow, and particularly people like Finn Russell and Johnny mm-hmm. Gray, naturally attracting huge amounts of interest from France. So our first issue, who should the SRU be breaking the bank to keep? Matthew? Well, I think that Finn Russell's obviously one that's dominated the headlines. Um, interest from a sort of consortium of clubs, Bath, Gloucester, Montpellier and Toulon. Very interesting. Um, and it seems as if coming out this week, the SRU said, we will break the bank to keep him. Townsend has said... We're gonna keep. We want yeah. to keep him as much as possible. Townsend's Get comments were quite, um, were quite punchy, weren't they? I mean, it's fair enough saying you know issuing a hands-off warning, but then saying I want World Rugby to come and sort of officiate it. It's, it's a bit just precious, a isn't bit it? Precious. That's just you know the, the way it works with sort of transfers and stuff. But so I think they they will. Well, they're definitely going to chuck money at him to oh, keep yeah, him. Whether time. he stays or not, I don't know. I mean, those are tempting clubs. If he goes to Gloucester, then he's having an absolute disaster. Yeah. But the other three, like. Could be could be quite good. Particularly Alan, Bath, I think, would actually be the best. Yeah, Alan, where do you reckon he might end up? Well, I think they're saying that Bath and Montpellier are both looking at Cruden. So at Cruden? Oh, yeah. really? And the chat was that Cruden's the first choice for Bath at, well, if they lose George Ford. And for Which Mont- they're going and to, yeah. Montpellier yeah, don't really have anyone at 10 at the moment who's any good. So I imagine whoever gets Cruden will then go... <laughs> Hammer hammer and tongs. Hammer and tongs, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> hammer and tongs after um, Finn Russell. But I just think because 10 is such a specialised position and because there literally is no one else There's in no one Scotland else. who's even as close as good, I think keeping Finn Russell is more important than Hogg and Gray. Wow. That's big. I, I, I'm, I'm minded to agree, but I don't know. I think if, if Bath offered him it, I'd like him to stay in the UK. I'm, I think yeah. I just think the top fourteen is just dreadful. I think they grind their players into the absolute dirt to get the most for their money. Um, I just don't think it would be good for his um, development at the moment. But 
if you could send him to Bath, you know, Todd Blackadder seems to be doing a really good job mm. down there turning things round. I reckon they could come to a pretty decent agreement with the SRU in terms of um, like scheduling because Bath are going to lose England players as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that would probably be the best move for me. But I'm really, really interested by Montpellier and the influence that Vern Cotter might have in these negotiations on it when he starts there mm. after the Six Nations. Yeah. I think there's also, you know, we, we tweeted this stuff today and quite a lot of people come out with the view that we should, the Scottish rugby should let these guys go because we don't have enough pro teams and then you bring through younger players. And I suppose we've, we've talked about it before that we don't have enough depth at 10 and this maybe is a chance for a younger guy to, to come through at Glasgow and sort of be handed the you know, the, the position of, of 10, handed that mantle. So what you, what you do, you grab Adam Hastings from Bath and send Finn the other way and give, give Adam a little, um, give him a run at, at Glasgow. I mean, I, I wouldn't be for that, but I could see their logic in, yeah. in that happening, it, particularly if there, there is stupid money being chucked at Finn Russell and there is a value for that player in the So you think, well, he's not that valuable. Yeah, I, I, I think you're quite, uh, quite right. I mean, what, what else? I've got sort of scribbled down here the sort of the people who are going to get the interest. You've got Johnny Gray, Dunbar, Bennett, Strauss. These are the ones that are sort of being mentioned as the sort of I imagine they've all got pretty big salaries and they'd be probably commanding quite large numbers to stay. What do you what do you reckon to that, Alan? So I think on... So Strauss has been playing pretty well recently, but it's one of those positions where Ryan Wilson's playing well, Adam Ash is coming back, and I think all of us are all pretty big fans of Adam Ash and think yeah. he's going to do some pretty good things. He scored a great, scored a great try against um, Treviso. Well, he finished, yeah. It was a great team try, and then he finished it off by... Actually, swatting away this um, Italian guy, yeah. And so, whilst Strauss is going to be a big contract, and I just I feel like he's probably reached the peak and probably be on sort of descending. Um, I'd let him go. Yeah, I I'm think not, I'm not that not that um, emotionally attached to Strauss. To be honest, I think he's been good for Glasgow, but I think if we can cover him with two previous and current international Scotland players, we don't need him. Yeah, and I guess with Dunbar and Bennett, I know um, just re-signed Pete Horn. But basically, every single centre Glasgow have, their contract runs out in 2017. I think if you had to choose between Dunbar and Bennett, I'd 100% go for Dunbar. You've got to take, got to take Dunbar. But um, well, we think he was on this, uh, his, this little trip down to France with Finn a couple of weeks ago. So he's obviously mm. getting some interest. And I've, I've heard from, uh, from one of our sources who's been pretty spot on with everything he's been giving us is that Bennett's not got a deal on the table that is from amazing. Glasgow or from anyone else. So, are they really looking? To, I I would have thought they made these big announcements this week that they um, have re-signed Seymour, Swinson, and Horn. Mm. If Bennett's up at the end of the year, would he not have been in that clutch of players if they really wanted to keep him? Is is his contract expiring at the end of this year? Is that yeah, right? It yeah, is, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely. It's incredible how sort of far his stock has fallen from going, sort of going as one of our better players in the Six Nations, starting at thirteen. Some people talking about him as a Lions bolter and. I think that sort of, unfortunately, the sevens has just sort of knocked him off a bit, Kilter, in yeah, terms of his form. To, seems to have changed him, because, I mean, if, if you think about that game against Australia, the iconic interception, and he did that throughout the World Cup, scored loads of points, he was a menace, and he was looking great. I know Alan's itching to come in to give us the downside <laughs> of Mark Bennett. <laughs> Go on, tell us, what's wrong. Tell, tell us what's wrong with him. I just don't think he's world-class. <laughs> and Apparently uh, Glasgow agree. And apparently, supposedly Glasgow agree. I mean, I think... I think Dunbar is a better player. I think Pete Horn gives you more options. Yep. And if Bennett's looking to get sort of a big 
new pay rise, I just don't think he's worth it. I think he's a good club player and he's got speed to, speed to burn, which always yeah. helps. But in terms of, I don't think he's actually developed as a player that much over the last few years. I think he's been unlucky with injuries and I actually think uh, if, if, if Bennett hits his full potential, he is such a better player than Pete Horn. Yes. Such a best, better Definitely. player. Pete Horn, at his very best, is a limited player. But is a good player, but he's limited. I think Bennett... When he was on good form and he sort of had this potential, he, he could have been really class. Go on, oh, dear, here we go. This is good. This is good. Well, no, they're, they're both limited, <laughs> but in different ways. Like Pete Horn has got he's got a great passing game. He's got a quite a good kicking game, and he's he's qu- tactically quite good. But he just doesn't have the pace or the size yeah. probably to be able to be a top class international centre. On the same side, Bennett is sort of a, a great tackler, and he's got absolutely raw speed. But he, I don't think, and you might disagree, and I'm sure you will, but he just doesn't have the distribution or the tactical nose to be a top-class centre. Yeah, I'm kind of minded to agree with you. And I think if we're looking at right now, we can't be sort of uh, misty-eyed and nostalgic for when Mark Bennett was, um, mm. you know, 2015 Mark Bennett. He went to the Olympics. He did a great thing. Very happy for him. He got his silver medal and a really, really bad tattoo. And um, now he's come back switching back into the 15s game he's not really made an impact and if we look at that center position not just for glasgow but for scotland where is he fourth fifth well, that's the in thing. the pecking order now yes yeah, and thing. If, if he is if he, i don't know what his wage situation is imagine he's probably doing all right mm. but he'd be wanting more yeah. if you can clear a little bit of money off the books i think bennett's a decent place to go for it yeah exactly um and in terms of who's who's re-signed for Glasgow, a sort of more positive... Yeah, so I think this is a really good bit of news. Came out, um, was it Thursday or Friday? Um, Tommy Seymour, who was absolutely awesome again last night. Um, Stuart Hogg um, is obviously back on the books. We hear about 360 grand um, chucked to him, um, which is quite punchy, but probably worth it. Um, Tim Swinson, who I think is a really, really good re-si- uh, re-signing for them. And if they can tie down Johnny Gray, that's a really nice little second row partnership they've got going there. And Pete Horn, who I think is just the everyman. You know, he can just cover so much. He's just a great club man. So what, I think, what, is the budget meant to be like five million? Yeah, something like that, yeah. I mean, if you've got Hogg, Gray and Russell all on about 360, so you're saying sort of a quarter of your budget is on those three players. Yeah. I mean... I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I mean, they've got a lot of depth and a lot of young players. Um, I feel like in terms of the benefit that those three players bring to that squad, paying sort of a qu- close to a quarter of your uh, yeah. salary cap on them wouldn't be the worst decision in the world. No, I don't. I, I, I don't think it is, and I think they are. Um, they're all like sort of centerpieces of the Scotland team as well, and I think keeping them together. They are the identity of Glasgow, which I think has been a really big thing for the last four or five years. They've come together as, an, as a club, and those guys have been right at the heart of it. Um, shall we have a look at the, the big the big players over at Edinburgh who might be um, mm. who might be coming up for uh, renewal and whether they should have the sort of same money afforded? I know one of our, our, our followers on Twitter said today um, or yesterday that um, they shouldn't prioritize the Glasgow players at the expense of Edinburgh players and mm-hmm. we sort of that set us thinking who are the sort of if you want to use the term marquee players at Edinburgh yeah. I suppose you've got to look at WP now 
Hamish Watson, John Hardy. John Hardy, still... yeah, yeah. Well, there was interest in, in John Hardy, wasn't there, in, in the summer, coming yeah, from Wasps. There was, yeah. Um, one of our Twitter followers has said, actually, that... I mean, Hardy's not really getting a game now for Edinburgh. Watson and Bradbury are sort of ahead of him in the pecking order. So I'd let him go. If he can go south, go to someone like Wasps or a good premiership, any premiership team, really... I think that would be a pretty good thing. Free up some money, get him playing regularly because he is yeah. a very good player. I think the biggest thing, like, obviously, we talk about in Scotland, we've only got two pro teams. And yeah. if we're getting to a stage where we have three or two Scotland potential starters at one club, much like they had with Jackson and the Pudding, uh, Duncan, Weir, Duncan, sorry, Finn Russell and Duncan Weir at Glasgow, get them split up, get them going and getting some game time. I think that is only going to be better mm. for them and for the, uh, for the national team. Yeah, I think you're completely right. I think the key for um, Edinburgh is just sort of re-signing a lot of those key players in the forward pack and then yeah. some, getting rid of some of the back line and bringing in some new players. I think so, yeah. And it's going to be interesting. I've seen some sort of chat about Richard Cockrell coming to um, Edinburgh's... Uh, yeah, I saw that as well. DOI. Wasn't it Richard Cockrell and Stuart Lancaster as a combo? Oh, I mean, oh, that would be amazing, but... Why? Would it be amazing? I think it'd be great. I, I think that Cockrell's problem is that he rubs people up the wrong way. And, <laughs> I'm sorry, the Edinburgh environment's pretty cosy. I reckon if you came in and tried to sort of smash some heads together, you would get a bad reaction from yeah, those players, unfortunately. Let me put, let me That's me what you this need. To you. But they, do Edinburgh need a radical shake-up and to do things well, differently? definitely. I think Cockrell would be better than... I think Lancaster from this whole thing from England, he's a coach. He's not a, a head He's not a director of rugby. He's yeah. not got a strong enough personality. And he seems to be doing really well with uh, with the Leinster, Leinster team. Now yeah. he is back at that day-to-day yeah. hands-on coaching role rather than doing the sort of cuddly England cult- culture, culture. sort of yeah. quotes on the wall and uh, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it seems as if, speaking to another one of our sources, that even Duncan Hodge has no clue if he's being kept on or he's at least really? keeping mum about it. So. Um, Interesting. They need to sort that out sooner rather than later. Though. They can't I'd like be caretaker. To see, yeah, I'd like to see some some clarity there because just uncertainty just doesn't help yeah. the club because that will feed down to players' contracts and things like that. They'll want to know if they're part of a coach's plan for next exactly. year. So it's just not not a good way to to handle Spe- business. Speaking of um, contracts, got some more sort of dirt on the SRU coming through <laughs> that. Um, Murray, Murray McCallum, the the young prop, has been sort of made a breakthrough this year. Played quite Got, a few programs. Did he get Player of the Month? Player yeah, he, he just did. Player Murray of the Month. I saw that um, yeah, on their Twitter. So he is still on one of these stage three development contracts. So apparently, that means you, you basically only get paid minimum wage by the SRU. You get like a lump sum of sort of like six grand a year, nine grand a year, or something. Six thousand pounds yeah. a year. So he's been he's played ten games for Edinburgh this year. And he's on been on minimum wage playing prop. Playing the front row. So supposedly the Harriet's coach. Oh. So he's contracted to or drafted to Harriet's. Harriet's coach complained and Edinburgh said, All right, well, we'll give him 150 quid a game and 150 quid as a winning bonus. That's it. So there's more people there's people making more money than that in Prem. There must be Harriet's players yeah, making definitely. more money than that. Definitely. So justice for Murray. Justice for us. Yeah, and he's been he's been decent. He's been as really well. good as a young guy playing coming into the front row. We should be encouraging front rows wherever we can, you know, not player welfare. Jesus. Crazy. Six six grand to put your neck they, under yeah, that pressure, yeah. um, ten games a year for Edinburgh. That is the goss. So oh, there you go. God. Well, fuck that. I'm not interested in being a prop for Edinburgh, <laughs> I don't think. Were you thinking about it? I was thinking about um <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fucking up, well, not that much, but barking <laughs> up a wee bit. Um, and doing that. I mean, other things um, on Edinburgh, a lot of sort of stuff swirling around about Hugh Jones and whether Edinburgh are going to be sort of going um, hammer and tongue as, uh, as I'm saying to you. To uh, to get him, if I was Hugh Jones, I wouldn't wouldn't be interested. Uh, no, not until they sort out nine ten situation. Just don't think it's worth his time. Well, I heard, I heard again from one of our sources they said he's off to France. Maybe La Rochelle, second in the top fourteen at the moment. I mean, it's the top fourteen, like <laughs> second. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, that's such a bad league. Why? I um, I just don't know why. Why would you leave the Stormers for the top fourteen? I mean, obviously cash but the thing is playing for it must be quite hard in terms of just calendar so you basically start the super rugby season as the six nations starts yeah. so if, yeah. you, if you want to play for scotland you're going to miss basically the first half of the super rugby season it, so it just doesn't really make sense in general from a cap, no. uh, from um, from that perspective and also just i mean do we know what hugh jones has been up to over the last three months i don't he, I was actually a guy at work. Um, he, who's Hugh Jones's dad, is the head man at his son's school. And Hugh Jones went in, spoke at the uh, spoke at assembly. That's about three so that's weeks. So that's what he's been doing. <laughs> about three, three weeks. Months, so that's three months of that. Yeah, that's what he's been doing. He's doing um, outreach. I just find it funny that he's not gone to one of the pro teams and in Scotland, and he's not gone to somewhere like the Premiership, which would just be, I think, as we talked about, far better for his rugby. I think going to the top fourteen at such a young age. Yeah, twenty three. Yeah, yeah, really young. I just find that really... And see, La Rochelle is second in the league. They're doing well. They're not sort of bottom dwellers, but I just find the whole thing quite really left field. It is a bit left field, but you never know. The SRU might um, throw some serious money to get him, make him a sort of a marquee signing for mm. them, underline their attempts to sort of change Edinburgh for the better. And hey, if they get him, fair enough, but I hope they build a team around him. And, and you know what? If they they are chucking this big money at Hog, they're chucking the big money at Finn Russell. Then actually, they probably do need to show Edinburgh a bit of love and start yep. chucking some money at Hugh Jones and possibly a foreign ten. Some they got Weir and Toby there, and Toby's trying to become naturalised as well. So, Is he? Yeah, yeah. He's speaking of that, Cornell Dupree. He's he's is he qualified now? Yeah. yeah. He was looking really great over the over the Christmas break. He really he loves a gaff. Does he, he? Loves pints. Does he? Because when he trained at Harriet's, he, t- <laughs> he used to turn up having had like six pints. <laughs> he's just like running around. Well, that sounds fair enough fair to me. Yeah, that sounds you know. fair enough to me. Um, should we move on? I think we've done an awful lot on the contract stuff. Is there anything else to talk about? Nope. 
Okay, well, let's have a look ahead to um, next weekend, um, Champions Cup and the Challenge Cup. Um, let's start with Edinburgh versus Harlequins. What do, Edin- what do Edinburgh have to do? Win it, presumably. Do we have to start with Edinburgh? We have to start with Edinburgh okay, because, yeah, because cool. we're going to be at the Stoop next weekend. We are. We're going to be there. Making the trip down um, to watch the game. Yeah, it's going to uh, be a good one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, got to go to the Stoop and get a bonus point win. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's just going to be a matter of who. I imagine, though, for Harlequins and Edinburgh, this is quite a big game. They what? want to win or get very deep into this tournament, both of them. Whoever wins this game will win the group. Yeah. So it's basically a winner. It's basically a, a knockout game. Um, be quite I, nice. Well, Jackson. Hopefully, Jackson will be running out at ten. He's he's been getting game time. Um, he's, I think he started four consecutive matches until yeah. yesterday. But that's because Nick Evans has been injured. Yeah. And Nick Evans came back yesterday, and Tim Sweel was the oh, really? backup ten. So God, he's not even the backup. No, no. I'm, I'd be quite surprised if Harlequins kept him on actually. This yeah. Um, oh, well, maybe he could go up back to back to Glasgow. Instead of Finn, oh my word, that'd be terrible. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, it'd be a tough game, definitely. Harlequins are in their own patch. Um, they're a different type team at home to the one that probably played at Murrayfield. But I still think if Edinburgh put out the strongest team, they've got a chance against them. I certainly think that Edinburgh's pack is as good as um, if not the better, Harlequins pack. If not better. I think, I think the got, Harlequins pack's sort of flattered to deceive this season. Yeah, they've got nothing to, nothing to fear um, in that department, but there are some... There's line breakers and I mean great players in the yeah. backs at Harlequins. Yeah. You talk about all the England players there, yeah. like Kerr and Brown. I mean, they are they're a step game, above. They're they are a step above, yeah, they, and they, they can break a line at, at a minutes notice, yeah. which that yeah. would worry me about Edinburgh going down there. Yeah, but I, I still think they could get a win. Um, and then, as you say, it's a kind of knockout game, and actually the winner of this game could win the whole tournament. I what's, think they're two of the best yeah. teams in the what's tournament. The, what is the pool sort of situation? Is it just winners that go through or is there losing um, bonus points, things like that? I actually don't. Maybe it's the same as in the Champions Cup, best be runners-up. Yeah, it'll be the same as the... So there's the a chance Champions. that, because after that, they'll have the Timisoara at Myerside. At Myerside, yeah. And then that's it. That'll be the last game. Yeah, that must be it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do some losers from the Champions Cup go into the Challenge Cup? Oh, they drop down. Yeah, so I think it's like... Maybe three from the Champions Cup go in, and then the five winners possibly. Well, let's just find out. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. I'm sure someone can tell us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. You probably know much more about it than uh, than we do. Yeah. But we think I think it'll be tight. I don't think Edinburgh are going to get get smashed. Hopefully, they'll come away f- with a win. I mean, yeah. No, it'd be it'd be really really great, as we said. Sort of Pro 12 and European and Challenge Cup qualification for Champions Cup qualification yeah. is kind of over for next year so I think they've just got to throw everything Absolutely. at this and they did beat Harlequins at Murrayfield yeah. so they've done it they know how to beat them so why not do it again and so th- does the winner of the Challenge Cup get into the Champions Cup next year yeah so that's Edinburgh's only way to get into the Champions Cup which is really important as well which so would be great if they can do it I mean there's, a, there's going to be an awful lot standing in their way not to mention Tim Viss playing Tim for Viss um, against his old, Edinburgh's old mates. Edinburgh try-scoring yeah. legend wouldn't be surprised if he scored. Yeah. He's an absolute try scoring machine. <laughs> I would not be the, the flying Dutchman. Why yeah. the hell not? Um, and then Glasgow, big game against Munster. Um, what do we think is going to happen there? It's just it is at home, which is great. Glasgow coming on the back of off the back of what, three wins now, um, hitting a bit of form. They put out their best team, but 
just monster at the moment are an absolute juggernaut. Yeah, Got the bonus so point win away against Racing yesterday. Yeah, um, I, I saw a bit of that. Racing clearly had just decided we can't be arsed. Did we're they put, of, did they put out, out a second team? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, fair enough. We're not we're not fussed with this competition anymore. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, I think it'd be a great match and still I just, I've just i got a feeling that this might be Monsters' year and they'll nick it but it Glasgow have every chance yeah the thing is is that like Monster aren't like a particularly like pretty team they're quite like abrasive up front they've yeah. got like it was it Jack O'Talty the outside centre hitting yeah, strong yeah, lines yeah. Connor Murray who's probably the best player in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment yeah he definitely, just certainly con- the best number just nine. controlling just controlling the game and what happened in sort of the last game at Torman Park was basically Glasgow just got bullied. Absolutely, and, by 14 men. And I knew actually that article in the Sunday Times today with uh, Finn Russell, um, Gregor Townsend said that he was absolutely furious after the game. After the game, supposedly, he just said it was like a sort of a pathetic sort of defensive perform- oh, really? performance. And so I think that basically since this game, it kind of sounds like they've been kind of really getting up that getting ready for this game yeah so they've sort of they put it on the calendar and said this is going to yeah. be a massive one for us i imagine that could be true particularly off the back of the last couple of games they've had obviously the edinburgh run out and yeah. then down to treviso and then cardiff it's a nice little run in and if you have munster as your prize at the end of that yeah i can see how the squad mentality could be built that way and so if they can get their defense right which they did against racing they were knocking a lot of those big lads back. If they can get the defence right, I don't think Munster have the creativity or the subtlety to really beat Glasgow. And I think I think Glasgow, if they can yeah. get that foundation, should go on to win. I, hope. I, I also I also think that 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 was the match after um, the Anthony mm. Foley yeah. death. Yeah. I think it was a special. I think you can definitely say there was a special circumstance. I mean, and yeah. I think it was Simon Zebo or Komamari came out and he was just like, no team in the world was beating us that day. Yeah. And that was their mentality. And you can imagine that that would give people mm. like an added sort of um, bit of venom. To yeah. It. Yeah. No, I, th- I think I agree with Alan that if Glasgow get that foundation, they can actually beat anyone. And it's at home. So I hope they go into the game confident that they're, that they're going to win because I think a lot of it will be mental. Yeah, definitely. So if they, if they do win, is that again sort of whoever wins will top the pool sort of thing? So it's a bit dodgy. So now that Munster got that bonus point win, and they're almost definitely going to get a bonus point win against Racing at home. So Munster are three points ahead of Glasgow. Right. So not only do Glasgow need to win, they ought, they probably need to make sure that they don't get a losing bonus point because you yeah. want you want them in you want them basically you you don't want them to be within one. You want them to be within two. Going Fine. into the final, yeah, game. yeah, yeah, I understand that. So that's actually that's actually really important for them. So they've got to win. They've got to win big. I mean, yeah, bonus point win done. Oh, easy. See oh. there. Why not? They did a double against Racing Metro. They absolutely stuffed um, Leicester at um, Scotston. Beat Treviso. Beat, Tre- <laughs> <laughs> beat Edinburgh. Yeah. yeah. Beat the Cardiff Blues. Yeah. So there's no real step up, really, is there? Yeah, it's the annoying thing when you look back on it that actually not getting those any bonus points against Racing could come back yeah. to Hotnam. I know that they had, what, 35 minutes to get the extra oh, try against it, yeah. Racing and just didn't, they kind of took their foot off the, the gas a little bit. Um, but no, I think that I, I'm actually fairly confident they're going to beat Munster. I think they're going to do it. I think, it's the, I think it's the tie of the round as well. I think it'll be, it'll be yeah, really, definitely. really great. What a great game. Um, right, so that's next weekend. We'll, we will be back to discuss that, hopefully after a couple of big wins. Um, right, Matt, quick quiz. 
before oh, we yes. chat about um, oh, yes. Prem 1? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, as usual, a little tete-a-tete between Alan and David here. Um, is it 3-1 now? 3-1, yeah. now. So, 3-1. I mean, could be best of whatever. We don't know how long we're going to do this, but we keep <laughs> trucking along. Um, so, sort of three clusters of questions. Um, the first is about foreign players playing at the pro teams at Edinburgh and Glasgow. Uh-huh. So, you've got to give me the country that these guys are all from. So, for Edinburgh, I'll give you the three. Go on then. Get Alex Northam, the winger, who I actually don't think he's even played a game, but he's in the squad. Um, Will Hellu, another winger. And Felipe Aregui, I think is how you pronounce it, who's a prop that they've signed this season. Very nice enunciation. Though. Thanks very, very much, very mate. good indeed. We got, got an idea for... I think I've got... I think I've got a decent idea for the second two. Alex okay. Northam could be from he was literally a pretty, anywhere. <laughs> he's pretty under the radar <laughs> signing, actually. He hasn't done it. He's just played for Gala. So. Um, and then for the, the Ouija's, um, firstly, Sam Johnson. Centre has been getting some good game time this year. Yeah, he's been good. Great moustache as well. Um, Hagen Schult. Schult. A, Schult. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. He's a, a standoff that's, I think, played a few games now, sort of backup standoff. God, I've never heard of him. A uh, young guy. And Greg Peterson, the second row. Where's he from? Okay. Got your answers? Um, well, you're getting a bit bashed, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to write, I'm gonna write, <laughs> write down something down. I'm writing countries down. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so um, and then another cluster of, back to one of our favourite questions about um, Scottish clubs and their grounds. So, first we've got Stirling County. In the shadow of the Wallace Monument. Beautiful place to play. Okay. Uh, secondly, Jed Forest. Yeah. Down the deepest, darkest borders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where Stu Mell incidentally won yesterday. Um, and Dundee High FPs. Where do they play? Just by the Tay. Once again, yeah, very, very right picturesque. There, yeah. yeah, very nice, picturesque. Nice um, and then the final cluster of questions, which is all about pro teams finishes in the in the league over the over the last few years so the highest edinburgh have ever finished in the pro 12 and you know, I should be surprised at how high they have finished in the past really memories are short okay um best finish for the now defunct borders reavers oh god that can't be that high and interestingly glasgow's worst ever finish okay. which is pretty amazing actually so go our answers so, yeah, yeah. Alan's giving me a nod. So going through it, Alex Northam, where's he from? England. What have you got, Dave? England? Kiwi? Alan's close. It was Australia. Oh, uh, okay. They signed him from some sort of, I don't know, Sydney uni team or something, and he hasn't mm-hmm. done anything. So what a signing. Great. Well done, Solomons. Well done, Alan Cheers Solomons. to leaving Edinburgh with that. Uh, Will, <laughs> Will Hellu, what do we got? Uh, Tonga. He's supposedly doing some part-time coaching at Edinburgh Northern. I was told over the Christmas period. I uh, I had Tonga as well. Tonga, that is correct. Well done, lads. Um, and then the third one, the, the kind of emergency prop, Felipe Aragui. Or, I mean, he sounds it. like the most Argentinian man ever. That is correct. Argentina? Argentina. Well done. So, both got two. Both got two Well there, done. Yeah. So, moving on to Glasgow, where's Sam Johnson from? He's an Aussie, isn't he? He is an Aussie. I think he was signed from the Reds. Yeah, yeah Australia. Uh, <laughs> from the Reds um, Hagen Schult where's, where's he from what'd you get I think Canada 
What did you I put? I've literally written down Germany. So <laughs> <laughs> the they, only they, pro German player ever. They did get a win. Who did they beat? They, they beat, beat um, uh, Uruguay. It was, it was Uruguay. Was it Uruguay. Yeah, yeah, which was, was massive, supposedly. So I thought, you know, maybe um, Hayden was leading that charge against um, Uruguay. So Hagen is from New Zealand. Oh, yeah. He's he's like a famous New Zealand. He's like a, I know. He's like a partnership player with um, Hawks and the Warriors. Uh, and then big Greg Peterson, hell of a beard. What do we get? I, I put South Africa. What'd you get? American. He is from the USA. Ah, no. So is Alan just yeah. Alan's just edged ahead there? Yeah. yeah. Four three. I got one. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So okay, okay. here we go. Where do Sterling County play? What'd you get, David? Um, is it Bridge Hall? Bridge Hall. Uh, I did not get it. You lived in Sterling for a bit. You're a joke. Um, it is Bridge Hall. Well done, David. Um, and then Jed Forrest, what do we got? Old Riverside Park, but not with the old bit. I just said that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is Riverside uh, Park. Now Riverside that it's been Park. said, I did know that, but I didn't write didn't it down. It. So no point. Riverside Park, always floods. Terrible. <laughs> um, and Dundee, what do we get for that? Is it Mayfield? Mayfield is correct. Um, what did you get? Yeah, Mayfield as well. As well, both, so both picked up two still there. Alan just one ahead. Oh, it's tight. Um, ticked at the top. So, highest Edinburgh have ever finished in the Pro 12. What'd you get, Alan? I think they came third in 2009. Third, David, what's yours? I think they came second. They did come second in oh, 2009. Oh, yeah. Just unbelievable, really. Um, I think that was under Michael Bradley. Was that the that was the 2009 was the Euro? It wasn't. No, when they got when they did well in the Heineken, the league went completely to shit. Oh, they did really right, badly in the enough. league, so um, couldn't do both. Okay, fair play. Um, best finish for Very the good. for the Borders Reavers. I've gone seventh. Seventh. I've got eighth. It's ninth. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. They also finished, their best is actually sixth in Pool B when it split, which meant they finished bottom of their pool. So, <laughs> um, and then Glasgow's worst ever finish. What do we get for that? Uh, 11th. 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 How did you both know that? That is amazing. They did finish 11th in 2010. Ah, so that means, has Alan won that by so a point? So Alan has won it by a point. It's amazing that Glasgow finished 11th. It's a draw. Is it a draw? Oh, I don't have two a... There, two there, two four... I've got six. I've got seven. I don't have a tiebreaker. Hold on. I'll just find one very, very quickly. Hmm? Oh, seven each then. Seven each. Well, let's just call it a draw. You want to call it a draw? You want to take a half point? I think, let's call it... No. No. Okay. <laughs> no way. I was happy to run away um, with a half point, but no. Fair enough. Go on then. Right. Hold on one second. Talk amongst yourselves while I find it out. I've got an idea here. Um, this is such good preparation for the thistle part. How, how heavy to the nearest... Pound is Finn Russell. How heavy is Finn Russell? Yeah. Well, it, you just have to be the nearest pound, so you could be completely wrong, and Alan could be completely wrong. You'd still win it. What have we got? Um, do I have to tell you right now? Oh, write it down. Well, yeah, of course we have to do it right now. Okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I meant like I meant like on. Um, uh, I'm gonna go uh, fourteen stone. Exactly. Okay. That's surely too heavy. Dave, what have you got? 13 stone 5. Alan just shades it. It's 13 stone 10 pounds. 
Well Damn done. it, Finn. You've been barking up, son. It's quite big for Finny boy. That is quite he's big. He's tiny. He's got no guns. Fair um, oh, fair play to lad. So there is, there is the, another edition uh, of the, the special one, Thistle quiz. It's a good one, one, though. It's getting tighter each time. It's good. It is, you know. I'm, well I'm, done. I'm boning up every week, you know. Yeah, well done. Doing yeah, there it is. Obscure facts. Um, right, so should we finish off by talking about um, Prem 1? I think they've played, is it 14 games they've played so far? Yeah, I think just, so. Just it's around uh, halfway yeah, or over 14, halfway. 14. Um, how, how are things going? Well, it's, it's been sort of tight at the top between um, kind of Hawks, Air and Melrose, with Melrose just edging ahead. They've played 14 and only lost two. Well, um, got nine try bonus points. They're playing really, really well. They just they seem to recruit so well each year. I think they get quite a lot of money from the sevens and they sign good players, um, good foreigners, and also really they sign a lot of good local borders players. So... Good person them sort of been Ross McCann, um, Jan Scott, an under twenties guy who I think is definitely one of the, the top try scorers in the league. Number one, in fact. Is he? Um, yeah, he's a real. He's quite a wee guy, but he went on the McPhail scholarship and he seems to be going pretty well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him sort of getting a game for Edinburgh awesome. um, in, in the next few years. Is he attached or is he just? I mean, attached to one. Uh, of the he's on like he? a development contract oh, okay. with Edinburgh. So so that's kind of the top. Um, the middle is kind of usual guys: Curry, Harriets. Um, and the bottom's quite interesting. Two two borders clubs in sort of relegation dogfight and actually bringing down May Watsons and um, Burramure into that as well. Oh, um, really? Yeah, but it's still really tight. I mean, Hoyk have lost quite a few games, but then they've, they've been really close with the likes of Air and those kind of guys at the top. So it really is a good league. Anyone can beat anyone, really. I mean, I, I, I sort of pick up the highlights and things like that. It's always really high scoring. Like, loads of points. Like, really entertaining stuff. Well, I actually... Did a bit of maths before the pot. Did you? This is, I, da- this is dangerous. Because <laughs> <laughs> I also observed there was a lot of points this season. So every team is averagely scoring twenty-seven points a game. Twenty-seven points what? a game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, most, yeah, that's the average. Is it like a rule that you're not allowed to do that much defence for like twenty minutes or something like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So each team is also conceding twenty-seven points yeah. as an average. Glasgow Hawks are like averaging like something ridiculous, like thirty-five points a game in attack. That's awesome. And it, and I, and is I, anyone is any, is anyone on a negative uh, points difference there? Yeah, the Borders lads are. Well, even I mean, Curry are fourth, and they've got a negative points differential. Yeah. Eking them out. Well, yeah, of course, someone's going to be on a negative points. Okay, I understand. <laughs> Listen, it's not the best question I've ever asked. Uh, <laughs> Is anyone on a negative points? Let's, let's, let's move on. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, Hawks, especially. I know so they had Kerr Gossman and George Horn, Peter Horn's little brother. Yeah. both both were sort of tied second. I thought George was playing sevens this year. Or is he sort of going back and forth? I think he's going back and forth. So I think he only got picked for the sevens. Well. The seven season started after the Premiership, yeah, yeah, so he's been yeah. He's like scored so many tries. I think he is actually attached to Glasgow as well. He comes up on their their players oh, okay, page. Cool, so cool. yeah, actually, I think I, he had his first cap in in December. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and because you know, I also because the big game at the end of the season was Melrose versus Air, which was uh, uh-huh. just before Christmas. And actually, Air had Adam Ash, Rob McAlpine. Yeah, they had Pat McArthur, but Melrose, I think, tanked them like 27-10. Really? So big sort of top-of-the-table mm. clash in down at, down at Melrose, and, uh, and now sort of top of the league as a result. And just awesome. great to see Harriet's not winning. It is great to see Harriet's not winning. Always, you cannot trust a nail, 
Um, yeah, they're stuck in fifth at the moment, down. which is just great to see. But Watsonian's languishing a little bit, my boy. Well, they, they, really, they had a really great start to the season. I think they, they won their first with three games and they were beating big teams. They beat Harriet's first game of the season. And just since yeah. then, they've sort of started to get dragged it's, into this relegation is, fight. It's tight in that middle section with uh, Boromir and, uh, and yeah, County as well. There is a, a bit of a bad, bad sort of blood around Watson's and the fact that they do spend a lot of money and they've bought a lot of players yeah, from around Scotland. So... I think when the going gets tough, um, and it was the same when they were in the national one as well. A lot of the players who don't have much loyalty to the to the club start to sort of abandon ship a bit. Um, so if they get relegated, then that's justice. So hey, that's savage. I think what, that what I think that, well I think the national one. Um, I think <laughs> that Hoy and Gala are the ones that will probably be fighting for that place. And then there is a playoff this year as well with ninth in Premiership against the second in the. Oh, right. National one, which is looking at the moment like it's going to be Aki's and Raki's or or Mar contesting that. Um, You'd say so that's Aki's, quite interesting. Aki's must be on a long term sort of plan with all the development that's going on yeah. down at Rayburn Place. They, they they're the be... only team in that league that could cope with the step up and get the players in. If yeah. Mar did it, I think they'd they'd be in real trouble. Like Selkirk last year, they lost every single game. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, fair play. But I mean, it's, it's a hell, it's a hell of a league, and it does seem to. I, I quite like the system where the the returning pros go back. And play like it's great that Adam Ash can go and sort of use clubs like Air. I know Finn Russell went and had a run out for for Air as well, which is really good. Yeah, no, definitely. And whilst um, you know, probably from a defensive position, scoring all those points isn't great. I think for teams to be running in that many tries through even sort of the depths of winter across Scotland can only really be a good thing. And then also for fans, like no one wants to go out and see like what Sonians like. Hoik be like a nine six, yeah, and so You're quite right. I don't know if it's coaching or just sort of being slightly better conditions, but no, great to see. I yeah. think it's really competitive league. Like, yeah, I think yeah, it's improving it's really as well. well um, yeah, seeing that it is really, it is really tight. Um, even sort of pretty much all the way through. Very, very good. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, we'll always read the uh, the offside line blog. They're really good at keeping up on the prem yeah, really one, uh, the prem one stuff. So that's a uh, really good, uh, good stuff. Um, right, lads, how are we how are we looking? You feeling feeling all right, or are we uh, calling it a day? I think I'm done. So <laughs> I really just can't be bothered anymore. Well, no, I think we had good good content there, good discussion. So yeah, hopefully the the listeners out there will will enjoy this one this week. I agree, and we will be back next week, uh, guys, um, to discuss hopefully the two big European uh, wins, and who knows what gossip we might pick up along the way that we might bring you. So um, for episode nine, it's uh, goodbye from me. Goodbye, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. See you later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.